0: Enjoy that 20% off at shop.nsls.org. And stay motivated, leaders. Stay motivated. I am so happy to be joined today by Ola Dutun-Edo. I think I said her name correctly. Hopefully I was close enough. And she is a graduate of SI Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. She started Sisters in Media in the hopes of giving young women of color an opportunity to thrive in media, and creative environments hola welcome to motivational mondays hi
1: thanks for having me
0: well it is my pleasure and um was i close on the name at least you were
1: close you were close not quite not uh quite. But you were you were 80%
0: there. Okay, cool. I'm working out the 20. I'm just going to like just text you one day.
1: Exactly. i will give you the
0: text. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, okay. Well, moving right along, you are doing so many great things, my sister. You have been named by Forbes in their prestigious 30 Under 30 in 2022. So congratulations on Thank that. You. You're very welcome. That's very impressive. And so you're an expert in marketing, strategic communications, and publicity with a focus on television and film. So I'm curious to know just when your interest in media began.
1: Yeah, honestly, it began ever since I was a child and I was obsessed with the Backstreet Boys. Like, honestly, like, (laughs) I just loved TV so much from, you know, when I was a child. And then I went to boarding school and I still was like, it was that phase of before Boarding schools. It was a phase of like Nickelodeon, then it was a phase of Disney, then it was a phase of like the Twilight movies, and then it was a phase of anything pop culture I was just a fan of. And when I was a senior in high school, I started to have like a nervous breakdown because I was just like, I don't know what I want to do. I just, I, I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna like. What am I gonna study in college? Like, I really don't know. And my guidance counselor said, "Well, what do you like?" And I said. Well, I like to watch TV. I like to help people, but I can't be a doctor. And I, you know, I can be a lawyer. I'm like, I didn't, I was like knocking things out. And she was just like, well, why don't you think of companies you wish you could like work for and think about interning there and, and figure it out from there. And because I really loved helping people and I also liked kids and I liked entertainment. I thought, why don't I intern at the Make-A-Wish Foundation? it seems mm. like perfect, you know, they yeah. bring like celebrity guests to meet the kids, the kids get happy. It's like everybody wins. In college, I was able to intern for Make-A-Wish Foundation. And I remember it being a really great experience, but I like kept crying. I was just too emotional. So I decided maybe I shouldn't do this work. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I went to Syracuse and I discovered they had a great media program. And I was just like, let me give that a shot. Did the media program and was opened, like literally my eyes opened, like, wow, there's so many different jobs out there. Like I felt like there's no way I could be in media or entertainment because I'm not a singer and I'm an actress and I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be a director. So then what can I possibly be doing? And didn't realize like there are things you can promote, you can do marketing, you can do events. And you know, once I realized the opportunities were endless, then I felt a little bit more confident and comfortable.
0: Now, you've also, in a podcast I listened to, it was really funny because I had a similar situation. I think you mentioned your parents. Well, you're from Nigeria, right? You're both your parents?
1: Mm-hmm. Both my parents are from Nigeria, yeah.
0: Yes. And you mentioned in this podcast, I think it was Accused Conversations, that your parents don't really, or maybe they do now, but they didn't really know what you did. They were just kind of <laughs> like, she goes to work, she gets a paycheck, and that's it. We don't know what she does, though. <laughs>
1: No, if you ask my mom, what does your daughter do? She was just like, she works at Twitter. And they'll yeah. ask, like, what exactly does she do at Twitter? She said, yeah, "I don't know. <laughs> 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 But yeah, my parents are not industry people, and and that's fine by me. I, I mean, they came to this country in the '80s, and my mom has been since then working in the nursing field, and my dad was, you know, in interested in more like construction. So their professional background is not this. And then also if you are from any African household or any like foreign households, you know that they only really consider like doctor and lawyer and engineer as like real jobs. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I was really blessed because my parents are like, when I told them what I was interested in doing, they just support me. Never once did my mom or dad say, I don't think that this is the career you should be pursuing. And that's just like the faith that they had in me and the faith that they knew in my work ethic and and how they knew like listen if Dutton and that's what they call me, if Dutton wants something, she'll go for it and she'll work hard. So whatever she does, we support her. And when I started Sisters in Media, my dad, biggest supporter, he is truly a fan of the work that I do. I don't know if he loves the work. I just know that he supports it. And they do it for all of us. You know, every single one of my siblings have been supported by my parents and I'm really blessed because that's not really the typical Nigerian upbringing. There are a lot of people who grow up in household. Like good example is, I don't know if you know, Yvonne Orji from Insecure, the woman who plays Molly. Yeah. She's Nigerian as well. And she was pursuing a career in like medicine. Um, She was like a biology major. She has a medicine background and told her mom, you know what? I'm not going to pursue medicine anymore after college. I'm going to go to New York and be a comedian.
0: Oh, and her that- parents are like, what?
1: <laughs> like, no, this is not what we planned for. So I never had, never had an experience where I said, mom, like, this is what I want. And this is what I'm going to do. And I never heard them say, like, I don't think you should do that. They just would be like, okay. They just trust me. And I'm so grateful to God that I was able to Be born into this family.
0: Now, I do want to get into Sisters and Media, but first I want to ask you about your current role. You are the entertainment content partner manager at Twitter. So what is that role exactly and what does it entail?
1: Yeah, so at Twitter, we have two entertainment teams, and one team is focused on partnerships and relationships with our VITs, which we call very important tweets, so like celebrities. And the other team which I'm on is focused on revenue. So my job is to make sure that I'm working with partners, TV partners, entertainment partners, um, and making sure that I'm selling their content on our, our platform um, and we're making money based on it. So I'm not typically, I'm not technically a seller. I'm not on the sales team, but I am on the partnerships team. So my job is to work with our media sales team, my partners, like you know, A E, AMC, any network. And hey, you have a cool video clip for the Walking Dead and it's an exclusive clip. Let's work with I don't know, Wendy's and, and
0: yeah, right. Make a zombie burger campaign.
1: Yeah, let's let's <laughs> do a, a pre-roll which is basically a commercial of Wendy's five seconds on Twitter and people like you users will scroll. You'll see the five second ad of Wendy. And after the five second ad of Wendy, you'll see the exclusive walking dead clip. And that is how um, our Amplify program works. And that's basically my job. And, you know, it's revenue based. So Mm -hmm. our, my goal and my role is to make as much money and, our other team's goal is to make sure we're building and cultivating these relationships. So, and, and that's my goal too. You know, I, I love what I do and I also want to make sure that I'm focusing on organic moments too. So let's say we, you don't have a opportunity to make money necessarily with The Walking Dead, but how about we just pull in the cast and have a spaces and just talk about this new episode and get fans excited. So That's my job. Um, And it's cool, especially because I'm an avid TV watcher. I watch literally everything. So, so far, all of the partners I've been working with, I'm like, I know your content. It's nothing is like, like, oh, I have no idea what this show is. I actually know. (laughs) Right. So it actually works in my favorite. All those days I was watching TV, paid off.
0: I was just gonna say that's what's so funny because you know you started off saying you love TV, you love media, yeah. and that is the the full circle that you are working in it. it and now you're one of the purveyors, if you will, in that industry. It's sort of like I got told my whole life, you know, um, you talk too much.
1: Yeah, and now you're making a living for talking. To you. you pretty much get
0: paid to talk, so it's pretty cool.
1: I don't mean to get preachy, but I'm gonna say it because it came in my heart. If God puts something in you, or you know, whatever you know, if something is in you and you love it and it brings you joy and it's a passion of yours and you're like, man, why do I love this thing so much? It's going to be used for good. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's going to be a blessing to someone else. Like you love to talk and people sometimes complain about it, but you have a great time talking. You have a great time communicating with people and that's what you're doing for a living. Now you're inputting what was You're outputting what was inputting to you. And that's the biggest blessing. So, Yeah.
0: Thank you. No, I appreciate that. It is true because, um, you know, I hear that a lot of times with people who have kind of turned things that were sort of um, adversity in their lives into a career they loved. And um, yes, we are blessed to do that. And I know that you are deeply rooted in your faith. So I appreciate that you have shared that with me. So thank you. Thank you. you. No. Getting to Sisters in Media, I know how that e- emerged, but I want to first begin by asking you about when you graduated, I know you spoke about, you got your first, I guess at that time, considered your big dream job mm-hmm. in BC Universal. And then you get there and you sort of, you know, you're vibing, you're digging it, like this is good. But then you look around, you're like, I really wish there were a few more people that looked like me yeah. here. So tell me about that experience and what is the feeling you had of that missing component of having others around that maybe identified with you or be it physically or um, through the similar background or what have you.
1: First of all, Corey, I really appreciate this because you've done your research and I feel like so honored. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I've never done an interview before. Someone like actually did their research on me. I feel so (laughs) honored. So thank you so much for being clever and smart and thorough I feel like honored. Oh,
0: well, thank Um, you. Okay. Let's have a fanboy moment here for me because I think you are so awesome. And I was researching. I was like, this girl is so awesome. I am not going to mess this up. So, okay. It's all love, love fest. Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh. Love
1: you so much. Yeah. So I, um, when I was at NBC, I was so green and I'm like, there are not, and this is your first time. And this is for students, Right. When you go outside of college, the world looks different from in your college. And listen, I went to a predominantly white school. Syracuse University, like 80% white. But I placed myself in circles where I didn't notice that unless I was in class. Like, all my friends were Black. I joined only Black programs. Like, I was in NABJ, National Association of Black Journalists. I joined African Student Union. So I was surrounded by only Black people and then, you know, obviously in classes, when I went to Newhouse classes, it was then white students, but I kind of like just phased that, that part of my life out. Right. So then when I go to NBC and I'm like, wait, first of all, work is eight hours a day. I'm at work more than I'm at home, more than I'm hanging out with friends, which is not really the case in college In college, you have a, you have a class, but most of the time, like you know people in the class. So it's like you're once again, you're hanging out with your black colleagues in class. Right. And then you're hanging out with them in the social scene. This was the first time in my life where I was put in a space where I'm really a minority and this forever, like, cause I'm always gonna work until I'm like 65. Mm-hmm. Like until I retire. Right, like right. and so that was kind of like it was difficult because You know, white people don't have to worry about those spaces. White people, wherever they go, they're going to always be the majority. And so, uncomfort isn't something that they have to worry about. We're all people, you know, we're all working at NBC because I think we're all fans of TV, right? That's why we all chose to work here. But at the workspace, that's not what it was like. Like, you know, I would come back and I was so naive, but I would come back from like the weekend and be so excited to talk about like, the BET Awards, like, oh my gosh, did you see when Kanye did this at the BET Awards? And everybody's like, my coworkers are like, we did watch the BET Awards. And I'm like, what? It was trending on Twitter. Like, but <laughs> I'm referring to Black Twitter and they're like, What what's Black Twitter? And <laughs> what
0: if it wasn't Taylor Swift, they have no right, idea. Right, <laughs> exactly.
1: And you know one thing I, I found that so annoying only because it's fine, because if it's for us, it's biased like it's fine. Like that's our thing. I love our culture. But I watched the Oscars. I watched the Golden Globes. I watched the Grammys. I watched the Critic Choice Awards, SAG Awards, things that it's predominantly white people that are part of those programs. And I'm like, well, I'm watching it because I'm a fan of TV. Like, I think the only thing I'm not watching is like the Country Music Awards and the Latin Grammys because I don't speak Spanish. Um, but yeah, so I, I felt like, dad, this is it's kind of feeling, you know, and then there were things that they would talk about, like, I didn't know what Soul Cycle was until I graduated college. I was like, what's soul cycle? And I felt dumb asking that. Because <laughs> they were like, what do you mean what's soul cycle? That's like the thing. And it's just a cultural shift. It really is. Like I wasn't raised in the same way that they was. Like the food that they were eating, I wasn't eating that type of food. I was like, Well, what's that? Like, you know, yeah, like yeah. I felt like, you know, I felt so embarrassed because I was just like, I'm starting to see a clear identifier in like the economic shift between how they were raised and how I was raised growing up in a lower middle class family, growing up someone who I I did not grow up from a really nice neighborhood in Brooklyn and then in Queens. um, And they don't have that experience. So they know about restaurants. Their parents go to like restaurant my parents don't go to restaurants like <laughs>
0: right yeah my
1: dad takes my mom to iHop for her birthday like they don't and do, that's like, like
0: splurging right like that's, that's like splurging like they don't yeah.
1: do like in restaurant restaurants like right. um and and that was new to me and I, I I it was it was difficult but then I discovered employee resource groups and then I discovered, listen, you make your own experience. Like you want to soak in the corner and feel alone, then that's by all me your experience. But if you want to go around the office and find every Black girl you see and be like, hey, can we be friends with <laughs> me together? then that's another thing. And I'm still friends with some of my NBC employees to this day and the Black ones because... We connected we all like I thought it was just me, but then we talked to each other I'm like, oh like we're all thinking it like yeah and, yeah and and that's how you build community
0: well it's interesting there because that's a clear identifier for the brand that there was something I, well I don't want to use the term wrong but there was room for improvement if you have women of color or people of color joining your organization and they're like kind of got to go to other departments be like well God, I find someone who looks like me just just kind of feel a little bit like I fit in? Then that brings up the whole conversation about diversity and inclusion, which is why you emerged to build your sisters in media platform. And I think it's great because the whole idea about be the change you want to see in the world, it sounds cliche, but you literally did that. And so tell me how that experience then manifested into you creating Sisters in Media and the mission of Sisters in Media?
1: Absolutely. So the purpose of Sisters in Media is to increase the presence of women of color in media while making a valuable contribution to our community and society at large. I felt that I needed to do this only because when I was at NBC, I realized that Like I said, I was super green, super naive, didn't understand what nepotism was, but like, boy, did NBC open my eyes to it. Mm. And I didn't realize like, wow, like if you know people, you have advantages, like whether you're talented or not, if you're talented and you don't know people, it might be harder for you to break in. And that is something that was so crazy to me. I was just like, wait, I experienced it too. I'm not even gonna say that I'm exclude. I'm excluded from that. I got my job at NBC. Been applying, you know, sent out email, cold emails, let people know I'm a Syracuse alum, and then I sent a cold email to a random woman, and she was just like, "Okay, I'll help you." Random, I, like a random lady on LinkedIn, like, "Hey, I see you work at Bravo, and I really want to work." you know, there, I see that they have an opening. I came from Syracuse. I really think I'd be great. She was just like, okay, let's do lunch. And this woman named Jennifer, she was great, white woman. She just was like, okay. And she brought me in. She connected me. I didn't get the job at Bravo, but because I interviewed with Bravo, the recruiter now had my my oh, resume on nice. file and referred me to USA Network and now I got my job there. So technically nepotism worked in my favor. It's not like I Applied and got an email back. Like, never in my life, I've been working since 2014. Never in my life did I get a job from applying. Like, just applied, sat down, and got an email back. Never, never. Every job I've gotten, it was through a referral. Somebody knew me. So, like, it's never through just me applying. And that's just the nature of the beast. And when I realized that, I was like, wow. What if my mom was in the industry? Where would I be? And like, what what if my dad was the executive? Where would I be? Also thinking about the kids who their parents are from this industry. And I'm like, bro, you're not even really that talented. And you got this role (laughs) because you knew somebody.
0: we've seen a lot of those.
1: Kind of mediocre. Like you don't even work that hard. You don't even like break your back. And, you know, a part of me was kind of like envious for those years, just looking at people like, this is so unfair, like, and majority of these industry leaders are white, right? So that's the cycle of not seeing so many people that look like you, because the leaders are bringing in their people and the leaders are white and their people most likely are going to be white, you know? And I thought like, this is so unfair. And then I thought, nah, but if you were a CEO of some company who are you hiring? And I said, you're right. I'm hiring my people. Like, so I can't be that upset because, you know, when it's my turn, better believe my whole squad is going to look colorful. I thought, wow, I wish I could create an organization that can be, like the CEO of something that can help these women get into organizations, get into companies and get jobs and internships and create mentorship relationships. I even felt like a little bit discouraged because for me, I like, I lean on wisdom from people who've already experienced it. And at my job, I didn't see any other Black women. You don't need your mentor to be the same race and background as you at all. But for me, I wanted, like when I look for a therapist, I want her to be a Black woman. I would love for her to be Christian if she's not, whatever. But like, I want her to be able to sit in the same type of experience as me. So, that there's a little bit more to relate to. So, when I'm looking for a professional mentor and I'm like, I want a Black woman, it's because I know that she's gonna be able to understand when I tell her, you know, this woman touched my hair and I felt uncomfortable, or I didn't like how they didn't wanna talk about race in this meeting. Like, she'll be sensitive to that because she's also a woman and she's also Black. So, that's how I seek mentorship. You do not, I'm not saying that that, not everyone needs to do that um yeah yeah but that's what i wanted and so i built sisters a media on those foundation like the foundation of mentor and mentee relationship um and the foundation of networking and, and making sure that we are allowing people to meet the right people so they can get interviews so they can get opportunities so they can have one-on-one so they can get jobs at the end of the day